Okay, quick, quick, before we start the show, is that bit getting old? <laughs> no. Okay, good. I'm glad. I'm just making sure. The audience sure. isn't here to answer, but uh, no. You speak for us all. I do. In this. I think it's great. Okay. Every as long time. as I was, I'm happy with it. I just wanted to make sure. Mm. No, it's always good. Every It's fresh every time. Speaking of we, all bits, hey, everybody, welcome to Loredome. Hey, oh, hey, everybody. <laughs> I was talking for the audience so loudly, I forgot they were here. Welcome <laughs> to this podcast where we continue to find out what we're going to do before your very ears. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We really do just figure this out on the fly. <laughs> <laughs> I think this one, we, we have a pretty good idea for this yeah. one. We got a solid plan. We'll see what happens and where it takes us. Because, uh, but yeah. we're going to. Sean, what have we've been we, spending a lot of time together doing a specific thing? We've been doing one specific thing, you, me, and uh, occasionally Kimmy and the DM. I love Larry uh, Man. From Kimmy and DM, the Essential Kit. Great podcast, great program, great content creator. Twitch streams, uh, Pokemon <laughs> Nuzlocke. Uh, we've all been playing Apex Legends insanely, feverishly, if you will. Yes. Anytime we have free time, we just jump at a call, throw together some losses, the occasional win here and there. Uh, the occasional, mostly on yeah. the back of Josh. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I accidentally stumble into killing a party here and there. He's very modest, ladies and gentlemen. But <laughs> we have been playing a fucking shit ton of Apex Legends. Oh, it's fun. It's a good game. It is very fun. I know this is probably, this is like the most dated hot take, but it's like the best Battle Royale. I, I like, I like it because of its mobility. Mm. Yeah, I like how easy it is to move around in that game and other games are just like I'm walking around and I get shot and then I die. Well, like the, the gun mechanics are actually good. You know what I mean? There yeah. aren't gun mechanics in Fortnite. It's ugh, that, that I know of. Dumb. There might be, but I don't care about them. Yeah, there's no real shooting. There's just firing into a square and hoping it hits something. It's stupid. Yeah. There, I I saw a fucking advertisement on my Twitter feed. I was like, oh, I got a Raptor. It's like why do you have a raptor? What the fuck is happening? Yeah. I'm out. I'm done. Bye. Give me a, I remember Give me a, a cool brief character. stint where I was playing that game with some friends and there was shopping carts for no reason that you could get in. Why? I don't know. <laughs> See, I like Apex because you choose a character that gives you benefits right off the bat and then you add to those with the stuff you find on the map. Fortnite, I'm pretty sure they're all just the same generic person. Yeah. Person with pickaxe, like Minecraft. You're all Steve from Minecraft. Yeah, yeah, you pretty much are. And it's okay. just, I don't know, it just is, it gets, I've only played a little bit, I wasn't very good at it, but it felt stale and okay. like a crapshoot with that game most of the time. Uh, Apex is more interesting. There's other ones, we played Spellbreakers a little bit, that's fun. Spellbreakers is interesting. Yeah. Uh, they're, the way you upgrade in that game is is different. I don't know. There's something about that that I can't get behind where I can get behind Apex. You it's, love Spellbreakers. Spellbreakers was fun. It's not as... The gameplay isn't as tight in Spellbreakers. That's correct. That's, I think that's the real problem. Is like The mechanics in Apex are solid. Very, very solid. Yes. Yeah. Um, Anyways, this is all to say that we're, we've been playing a lot of Apex. <laughs> <laughs> I love this podcast because we just get to talk about whatever the hell we want just fucking whatever the hell um 
so we had the idea, like many people before, this is an original hot take, ladies and gentlemen. We know that people have done this before. We know <gasps> that there's rules for it. We know that this isn't something you've never heard before. But you've never heard us do it because we've never done it before. We thought, hey, what if you made a battle royale out of Apex Legends and put it in D&D? What kind of rules and situations and encounters would that sort of portray? Yeah, what would you need? What would you need to succeed? I I really like the idea, not just like cuz I'm pretty sure when everyone thinks about it, they think about like, oh, we're going to have like 16 parties join this thing and they're all going to fight together on the same map. I like, you know, something like that, but I also picture it from like the perspective of one party in a one shot being dropped into a battle royale and just hearing like all these other battles going on around them and like picking up stuff i think that could also be very fun i think mechanically that works better honestly yeah. because the 16 people stuff personal opinion anyone anytime a person approaches me and is they're like i'm gonna have 10 people at the table i say have fun with that i don't want to be included you're a sociopath yeah <laughs> that's not fun for you that's not fun for the players yes i it inherently can't be anyone who says that is kind of either they're a genius that's tapped into something that i can't understand or they're lying to themselves about i'm pretty sure if i was approached to say by like anyone even you you were like hey i'm throwing together a game you want to be in it? i'd be like sure sounds great yeah there's 10 other people at the table i'd say fuck you i'm changing my answer hold on let me just Eat scratch shit. ask sean to play a 10 player game list of things a weird thing to Sean. say after you just denounced that concept as well <laughs> <laughs> for the bit <laughs> if anyone else does it fuck them but i but can me. do it <laughs> me uh, I, no yeah you're you're absolutely it's untenable unless you have more than one dm yeah and even then like even then dual dming doesn't take any more work off the table for any dms we no. both know that we dm together yeah especially if they're all playing at the same time then there's going to be multiple dms trying to run independent groups together nonsense nonsensical it would be fascinating as like a con exercise where you have a room like yes. you know social distancing is is no longer a huge deal and you can have a room with like five tables at it and each table represents a battle royale group yeah and then the DMs could coordinate that. And as the parties came into conflict, you could like do something with that, which would be fascinating. It would be very hard to organize. But that's about the only way I could see it being feasible. <laughs> it would be like a normal battle royale. You would have to like fraction it down to uh, distinct locations they could drop to. And then from there, like, OK, two parties dropped at this location. Let's zoom in and see how they deal with each other being there. Yeah. And if they drop alone, it's like, this is what you find here. Get it and go. And then they move on to a next location. But if two parties drop at the same location, they would have like a little mini interaction with each other, like a little mini like combat-esque. Which would be yeah. cool. You could have a center table with oh, the full world map on it. And the party is secretly select point A, B, C, D, E at the beginning as their yeah. drop point. And that dictates then how they engage with the other tables. And the tables are A, B, C, D, E or whatever. That would be. Yeah. 
God, that would be a thing to coordinate. It would require <laughs> a lot of expertise and very good Dungeon Masters, but it would be Yes, but it would be very fun. Because while the um, small encounters are happening for the people that landed in the same place, other DMs could go to the other party and be like, okay, this is what you find. You see a few buildings, blah, 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 all that stuff. There's and loot available to them, yeah. like in different locations that you've scattered out. like. And the other parties don't need to hear what each individual party is finding at their locations because they, they wouldn't fucking know. Who cares? Yeah. So I, I love the idea of it's like a team of DMs running this game, but you would need a team of DMs who all know exactly what each location has. And, and you could do it by zone. So if you land in zone A and zone A is against zone B, C, and D, you could then, okay, when you're leaving zone A, which zone do you go to? And mm-hmm. then you have a chance of encountering another party in those zones. Which is obvious by the map. And then you can, once everyone chooses where they're going, you show them where the circle is. And yeah, now it's moving in, shifting in, and you've got to be like, yeah. "Oh shit, we're getting really close to the edge. We have to move," and that forces them into different squares too, and they get closer. Mm-hmm. That's cool. We did come up with a cool way of doing this. <laughs> I genuinely think it's possible. It just takes a lot of effort from the people running it to yeah, actually this do is, it right. This is like a paid commitment sort of thing. This is a yes. You're sitting down for eight hours to do this. There is, this is no. This is an event at a con or something. It's not yeah. like a. Oh, I'm going to run it for my friends and a few of their friends. It's like, no, that would not work. So I, let's go back, though, to your really cool idea of like, a, there's a again, tea. not my idea. Um, this is Sorry. something I saw Acquisitions Incorporated did. Jim Dark Magic ran a one shot in Fortnite, and it was very funny. It was very well done. Really? He the, mm-hmm, he had them pick a location they wanted to drop. He had them like get stuff when they dropped there. Uh, I think he even did a joke about microtransactions. It was fucking hilarious. That's brilliant. One of the players, I think Pat Roth has paid him like $5. <laughs> oh my God. It's a very good episode. I recommend you go watch that if you have any interest in what we're talking about here. Oh, hell yeah. But, it, it's hey. a, it works though, mechanically. Like you oh, say, yeah. okay, here's our, I'd love to see an Evers on Twee like, that does this. Here's honestly, if I ever run Evers, this might be the thing I do for it. Fuck yes. Just do like a little, like literally where we drop in boys. I'm adding a thing for Sean on the list asked to do Evers. Okay, cool. Jesus. (laughs) I'm not letting (laughs) this bit go. (laughs) Christ. That's not like an Evers thing though. Evers is pretty short. Yeah. It would take one shot. Um, yeah. So I'm you, thinking, I'm just thinking about everything. It'd be really fun. You start your players at like level three to 10, something like that, depending on how skilled you want them to be. Yeah. Something like yeah. that. No equipment. Uh, I like the idea of no equipment. That I changes like the, the game. Or like, so recently apex, great game, great game, uh, has been dropping people with like, you have shields and I think like a few health items. Yeah. Like, I think you have two med kits and four shield cells. Yeah. Um, but no weapons. Okay. So you so drop you land with armor. To fight <laughs> fist to fist. Punch until you find a weapon. So dropping Pretty them much. with... Now, how are we... Are we bouncing the armor or, like, how do the classes work here? Like, does a fighter get to start with... Does every class get to start with the entry-level armor that is the highest armor level they're able to acquire? So, like, do... Do classes with medium armor proficiency get medium armor and classes with light armor proficiency get light, so on and so forth? Or do we start them with nothing? Field. I think everyone should just have nothing. Interesting. OK. 
I like that idea better. I'm just saying Apex did give something. That's it's very interesting in if we were to do them at higher levels, the spellcasters at that point would have a huge advantage. Unless they need to find an arcane focus. So they have to find their focus as well. That's a good balance. That is a good balance to it. Yeah. I just I would be really worried, like, you know, so we require spellcasters to have an arcane focus. The end. Yeah. There's a there is a huge glaring issue. Most of the time it's the same issue, but monks just drop and start hitting people with their fists. Yeah, this may be a no monk game. <laughs> Because they would just melt the playing field. Yeah, they would just literally land and then use their increased speed to fucking fly at someone and kick their ass. Yeah. That would be rough. And there would be almost no non-monk players. Now, if we're we're doing this at the solo table level, it's a little easier. Because if the (laughs) monk has a bit of an advantage to the sorcerer at early game, it doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. So if we were doing this as the like DM to three players or four players or whatever, right? And they're mm-hmm. all on a squad together. Right? No big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh but if it's competitive, the monk might just have to be or face some sort of disadvantage at the beginning, like you something know like I mean? that, yeah. Until uh, they pick I... up a fist weapon, like like knuckles or something, their attacks are made a disadvantage. I don't know. It's hard to it's hard to manage that and make players go, oh yeah, no, I understand it. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. But (laughs) or monks have to like wait one second after everyone else jumps. Oh, like miss the first round of combat. They get yeah, yeah. the monk penalty. Um, it could be something like that. Something as simple as missing the first round of turns on the ground. Uh, there's also. I think there should be a limit on how many of each class can be in the party. Like, you can only have one of a given class in a single party. Like, you can't have three monks. Just like Apex. You can't have two exactly. Pathfinders. You can only Every have game. one. Yeah. That makes total sense as well. Yeah, and every game would be three Lobas. Yeah, exactly. They're fucking disgustingly broken banks. <laughs> Sinful. Sinful what they did to that game. Benefits you. <laughs> Lobus the monk, oh. Apex. So, so we've got our single player table thing here. We've got our players dropping with their armor and stuff, but they have mm-hmm. to pick up spell focuses and weapons. Yes. Okay. And other items that are discarded around. Well, yeah, there's like, you know, um, like the same tiered system as there is armor and weapons you can get like plus two plus three arcane mm-hmm. focuses jesus christ uh you can get increased items like that you can find like actual magic items you can find um like animated shields stuff that attunes to you automatically stuff like that yeah 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 the auto attunement would have to be like a a thing too um yeah. What about so if we're doing a solo table, what how are the DMs running the NPCs? Right? Like the other squads. What does that look like? Because that could get very complicated very quickly for the DM. 
Yeah. That's where the struggle is in this format. In the larger format, it's coordinating a bunch of players. In the solo format, it's that the DM theoretically has like three or four other squads at any given time that they have to keep track of. I mean, it's just like any other encounter, right? Mm -hmm. If you're only running a single party through this, you would essentially have set up those encounters beforehand, Mm. depending on where they landed. So it's more... It's more kind of narratively set up already. Yeah, it's more of a narration thing than like a, I'm going to randomly see where they all land. No, you know. You just put the squads in A, B, C, D, or whatever, and then... Yeah. And if the, where if, the, like, party, if the party goes to, to go. A, they'll find this. If they go to D, they'll find this. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. It's all about pre-planning. Yeah, yeah. Something yeah, like this. Sure. So what about, like, like ultimates or specials? Is that is that a thing, or are the classes just sufficient in and of themselves? Hmm. I mean, spells are essentially alts. You yeah. can do um, things like uh, action surge is an alt, I would say. Okay. I would I would say there's like, um, you know, how they have the alt chargers. Yeah. You can like re-get your action surge or like re-get a spell slot or like a beast shape. That's cool. So if you're lucky enough to find that thing, yeah. you can regain like your rage or whatever off of that. Yeah. It just returns a missing slot on whatever you've got. Essentially, yeah. And there's like, you know, obviously there's going to be health potions. There's going to be, um, you can't really charge your AC, <laughs> but yeah, you can get like a temporary bonus. Yeah. I mean, I would say that that manifests in plus one items, AC items, right? Like there's rings yeah. of protection out there or whatever. And that like is your charge for your armor. A shield of faith potion or spell scroll or whatever. Yeah. Those are your like, those are your go-tos. Yeah. Um, which is very good. So a big thing in both Apex and Spellbreakers is movement. Are we making changes to movement? It's a big thing in Apex, but there are some characters that are better at it than others. Like Pathfinder's yeah. better at getting around than Gibraltar. Yeah. Which so is what D&D does already. Exactly. I think there's there's built into the classes different movement abilities and like the the way they get around the world. For sure, for sure. I think keeping it the way it is is the inherent balancing yeah it balances out already yeah that's good it's good i think the more important thing is the map itself like how you build it out okay is there a vault is there a party barge is there like you know a half broken pirate ship on the coast as the dm that's really cool because what you do is you make higher loot areas that are higher risk. Like you land there, there's two other NPC parties there, or there is a monster there. Yeah, there's actual like threats in the area. Yeah, you have to be careful. And there's, Mm -hmm. you know, that area has lava in it, so it's more difficult to traverse, whatever. I think that's the more important question than like, what do we have is like, how is it? How is it displayed to them? Yeah. Because if they go to like, oh, the, the, the farm fields where all the daisies and watermelon grow, they're going to find like maybe a bow and yeah. <laughs> some hand wraps for armor. But the NPCs are less likely to go there. Yeah. Because they are like, now, nah, higher reward, baby. 
every DM is going to have that one like hardcore elite gamer squad that goes straight for the cursed land of death and the the, the death valley that you have in your. Well, and I do. I like the idea that the DM is also rolling, not like the combat for the NPCs, but a success meter. So like if the NPCs land in the hot zones, they may come out with the loot or they may die as well outside Mm -hmm. of, you know what I mean? So like there is that element of like the NPCs are still encountering the environment as well, just to equal the playing field there a little bit. Not easy enough to do for the DM. I also like the idea of because Apex Legends has this sort of announcement system that's going on while the game is happening, like new kill leader champion has been eliminated, stuff like that. Um, and it drops stuff in occasionally too. I like the idea of having the, if like someone on your party has gotten the most kills, like say your rogue takes out all three on their turn, luckily. Yeah. Uh, they become the kill leader and that comes with like a certain bonus or maybe even like a little negative. Yeah. 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 Something to like adjust the field a little bit. That's a good like, idea. Now people know where they are because they have the kill leader on their team. Yeah, it could be something as simple as, like, kill leader just crowned in zone A, and then everyone yeah. knows that the kill leader's in zone A, right? Like, that's Yeah, cool. the king of death is now in zone D. Yeah, I love that king of death. That's cool. So this map, this map is pre-planned, it's kind of set up. Again, I feel like it's like a physical map on Roll20 or yes. on a table. Oh, fully, fully, yeah. It's like incarnated out fully. And then you can zoom into each area with a different map. Yeah. And then they can think... select and select. Hmm. You have an idea Here's here. I have, I have a shift for D&D that I want to posit to you. Okay. Do we like the ring idea, like an island where the ring gets smaller and they have to move towards the center? Because I do like that idea. There's also the possibility where they start on like one edge and they all head in the same direction. So they're trying to get to the far side of this. They're all trying to get to the same objective, kind of like Fall Guys. Gotcha. Almost kind of like a that Fall kind guys of battle right? royale. Interesting, um, interesting. So they pick like there's four zones this way that they yeah. can all land in, and then they're trying to get inwards. Yeah. And they can either. Like, as they get in, it gets, like, closer and closer together. So, like, the four zones will lead into three zones where you can pick either the... Yeah, you can pick A, B, or C. Mm -hmm. And one, two, three, and four. Uh, One and two can pick A or B. Uh, Two and three can pick B or C. You know what I mean? Like... Yeah, they're they're staggered against each other, and certain zones lead into other zones, which have different risks and rewards to them. I think that would I think that would work really well in this format because it simplifies progression a little yes. bit for the DM and simultaneously you're not playing this back to back to back again and again and again so it right. doesn't get old. The reason they don't do that with like battle royales is because it would get old. It, everyone would pick the optimal route and then all yeah. people would land there and that would be it. Like that would be the game. True. But that wouldn't happen in D&D because this is, again, a four to eight hour venture that's happening once a month or so. Yeah, I would say that is the easier route to take. If you want to go balls to the wall and make a whole fucking island and do the circle thing, that is really cool and totally viable. But this is an easier route to get the same sort of experience. Yeah. Okay, I like that. Can I? 
Good idea. Didn't keep that to myself. Glad you shared with the class. Good shit. Good shit. So, what else is there at Battle Royals? But, yeah, what else have we got to cover? Um, is the stuff upgradable? Like if they do a certain amount of damage? Like the shields. I mean... Most Battle Royals don't. That's a specifically, like, Apex thing that they put in, which I think works well in mm -hmm. Apex. I feel like just having plus one items about, AC items about, mm -hmm. potions does the trick. Because okay. it would be really complicated to be like, okay, you've done this much damage, you've done this much damage, you've done this much damage on top of everything else. That's true. Unless you let the players track it and be like, hey, Scout's Honor. Oh... You don't want to give Battle Royals players scouts honor. Yeah. Those degenerates. <laughs> <laughs> we play that game and we are evil. I uh, have no honor. I just die a lot. Same. <laughs> okay. I mean, we could do it. I just, I'm trying to think of how it would manifest. You it would, know be, it would need to be a different mechanic, not just like straight up damage, but like successful hits, maybe. Yeah. And I believe the Apex one works on damage taken. They have, well, they have to take the damage either through shields or their bodies. Yeah, or through their... So are we measuring the damage the player is taking and then upgrading the shields based on that? No, no, no. Wait, what? Apex doesn't do it on damage you take. Oh, it's damage you do? Yeah. Okay, I wasn't sure. No. Well, we, we played a lot of that game, Jeff. There's blind spots. <laughs> nah, I got you. I got you. Um, I just yeah, throw it in the replicator. <laughs> um, I think that, like, some sort of metric, like if you take out an enemy, or something. So like kills. Just some something that like some specific armor or some weapons could have like a different metric to be like, oh, you did a thing. Now it upgrades to do more damage, or it adds like a D6 of fire. Mm, Stuff like that. Okay. I like that. Good. I'm all for it. You just have, have to like be a, written out in a like. Yeah. There have to be some sort of chart for it. Or just like that's how people make magic items. Yeah. Hmm. So you get your pickups, you got a little bit of a progression leveling system in game where your skills get better based on the things you're killing. Mm hmm. What else do we need? What else do we need? Respawn. Respawn. Interesting. Okay. If a player dies because they died in combat, and that's something that happens constantly to us, is there a way for them to come back? Like, is there a point they can get to, like a shrine or something, where they bring there, their body? There has to be. I mean, yeah. Because otherwise, you've got a player that gets... KO'd one member of a team at the beginning of the game and is sitting there for the rest of the game. And I I genuinely like the idea of an encounter where they're like going up the tree and they come across another party at this shrine who's bringing back one of their players, but it's fully kitted out. Yeah. Like they're both fully kitted out and they're bringing back this like nobody weak person. Yeah. And they turn on good. the party to defend who they're bringing back. Yeah. Like there's a whole a whole element to that that is very interesting. I love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think a shrine is good. I think there's shrines in a few of the zones and you have to get yeah. over there if you want to revive your party member. And that works perfectly. Also sets up little little battles and fights they can have along the way. Yeah, little conflict areas. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would assume we're not in initiative order for the entire time. So I think not the entire time. We have to ma- manage how, like, okay, if a party moves so far, what are the NPC groups achieving in that time as well? Right? Like, yeah. So there would have to be that element as well. We'd have to figure out how that works. Like, for every whatever movement done by the party, the NPCs get so many. It would probably be like five minute in- increments. That makes sense. Increments. Increments. That's the word. Like, you mashed together intervals and increments, and it was very good. Incrivals. Incrivals. <laughs> I'm a fucking moron. Uh, they could do the, like, you guys spend five minutes looking through these buildings, see if you can find anything else. The rest of the world also progresses five minutes towards their next yeah. whatever the fuck. And you just go boop, boop, boop for the NPCs. Yeah, you have, like, a little pegboard that you move everything down. Yeah. That works. Easy enough. That works. I like the idea of, like, zooming out initiative too like not taking the six second chunks of time but zooming out and making it like a five minute window moving forward of the world yeah i don't know why they don't have that in D. I think they don't have like initiative for larger scale things i think the worry is that it would bleed into like overland and stuff like that if dms weren't careful you know what i mean yeah but i know there are other ttrpgs with with that sort of element added in where there is like a measurement of time system for certain things like travel and stuff like that. Yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I think there's so many times in D and D where I'm like, there needs to be a turn based organization to this, but it's not, conductive to do it in six second increments because it's going to take forever oh yeah i mean literally in the ship stuff like constantly when folks are like you know a thousand meters or like there's a timer on and you're like okay there's a timer on i'm going to kind of give you alerts and it could be more structured Mm -hmm. so i think doing it that way like what do you do in the next five minutes yeah. Scan around. What are you doing next five minutes? Move to the next point or scout forward towards the next area. And you used to define what time chunks those fall into. Like, you know, mm-hmm. if it's a, if it's like you say, okay, for items as an example, if it's a very well hidden rare item, that takes three minutes on a successful perception to find it, right? But if yeah. it's a more common item, it takes one minute within that time space. And you mm-hmm. can like, so you can get more simple things done and less complex things done. Exactly. In that, in that window, um, which I think is, you know, super viable. You just do that. Yeah, I think that uh, works pretty well. Um, so how do we, I, I know I brought up movement earlier but like a lot of these games don't have like fall damage and things like that are we doing fall damage and everything i think we'd have to just keep the mechanics of D. yeah just to make sure you people aren't take away themselves. fall damage this broken shit you can probably do somewhere down the line yeah somebody's gonna pull some crap mm-hmm. it's valid i i think this is like a lower level game i really probably do. i'm not saying one one's a terrible level but three to five range probably yeah Especially given the ability of like very available healing potions and 
being able to get certain abilities back with certain pickups. I think that would be a very good way to handle this. Sort of let the uh, the items and pickups do the work. Yeah, and let every fight kind of be all out. Yeah. And then let them recoup a lot of that stuff from whatever the enemies have picked up and whatever they find in the area they're in. Yeah. Looting, I guess, would just straight up be whose box do you check? (laughs) And and you get their stuff, which is fairly good. I also like the idea of um, different sized bags of holding just scattered about like this one can hold, you know, 30 extra pounds. This one can hold 50 extra pounds. This one's a full bag of holding. Yeah, and you just like golden. Yeah. I also I like the idea of because a lot of the progression happens quickly and in game and is item based. Mm-hmm. I think maybe we should give an extra attunement slot to everybody. That works. Right? I'll like like that. allow people to have four attunements. Everything auto attunes. We're careful in our item selection so that nothing is insane auto attune that would auto attune. Okay. So what if that like that ethereal announcement that sort of goes out in Apex is like a bracelet they get to compete in this challenge that one gives them the additional attunement slot. Uh, two gives them like updates, like the bracelet will speak to them whenever like something happens, like, yeah. or it'll like start to glow if they're the kill leader or something like that, or like they kill the champion. So love that. Yeah. And it's also what allows them to use the revive process, like rather than yes. just outright dying. This thing pick up the bracelet and take yeah, it. Yeah, you take it to that's their like marker. So you're not having people trying to haul corpses around, not understanding the like. Yeah. Okay. I love that. That sounds awesome. It also allows Sorry. them to not like explode on the ground when they're dropping. Because I do. Yeah. I love the drop. The drop is a good classic battle mm-hmm. royale thing that allows them to also survey the battlefield and I, like, see I, where I, other people might be headed. Yeah, it's a very good game mechanic. Yeah, that fits in D anD D. So I'm all for the drop. It's very good. What are some of the zones like? You mentioned a pirate ship earlier. I do like the idea, like a shattered pirate ship along yeah. the coast with like a bunch of other pirate ships in the water that you can swim down to and look for stuff in. I love that. Um, there's got to be like a lava field somewhere. Obviously. Lava field. Lava's everywhere. I want a graviturgy dome. Where like there are these you're not you don't yeah. like lose gravity, but there are like these chunks of earth that are kind of ripping and floating slowly up into the air. And like you can get up them and get stuff and there's like a lot of verticality to it. There can also be like a very good loot tier spot up in the sky where those things like are floating, yeah. 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 Like I I think there should be a lot of like lateral movement in it. Like you can oh, yeah. get too. Cool things. I like I, that too. I love just, like, an old, like, abandoned town, too, just for, like, you know, tight like quarters, old West. alleyways. Yeah, like, you know what I mean? Like, spaces where, like, people are enclosed. Like, certain mm-hmm. terrains will benefit certain types as well. So, if the so players there's, think, like, go for it. Like, lines of sight, and, like, like if we've got an all-mage party, and they decide to go into, like, like, I'd say city as the aesthetic, but any sort of labyrinthine space. Right. Right, that's tight, close quarters. They go in there, and they're all spellcasters. And another team of melee combatants are in there. There's a lot more chance for success for the melee combatants. So there's like this strategy of terrain. Like whereas, like if you're in the open, floating island fields, you've got real open, clear line of sights most of the time that benefits you. It's not a given, but it grants optimal 
kind of tactical environment and choices mm-hmm, to make. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be a lot of high ground too, because yeah. that's that fucks you. Oh yeah, it does. It kills you. Yeah, I also like the idea of the town like bleeding in because you know how the um in Apex there's a lot of uh, transitional map changes where you can see like they decided to make that affect the next area. Yeah. It's, like one it's bleeds into the other. Very intentional in the game design so that you yeah. know where you are. Like the town sort of fades away into this overgrown forest that's like claimed a few of the buildings. Yeah, love and that. And there's just like nothing but woods. That's so good. Stuff Super. like that. Very dramatic aesthetic changes from zone to zone. Yes. And each zone has its own unique little mechanic that you can play around with. Yeah, that's cool. That's yeah. good. Interesting. Ooh, that's spicy. Mm. <laughs> I like um, this stuff so far. Oh man, I'm trying to think if we're missing anything. We've got the reviving, we've got looting, we've got the zones, we've got aesthetic. Do we put lore around this, or is it just like a mechanical system we've defined that DMs can use? Uh I like the idea of the loose like mechanical aspect being its own thing we can add our own lore if we want to just throw that on now a little extra flavoring seasoning just our own lore you got anything you look like you're percolating on something with that question i mean there's there's got to be some magic involved with this obviously to make the zones happen the way they are uh and i think in my mind also it needs to be like kind of mobile um i don't know the god game thing is kind of hackneyed and played out um what if there was what if there was a cataclysm a long long time ago that caused many of the inner outer and and prime planes to mash into one space together that created these like disparate zones that are all connected to each other and for a long time, it was very problematic in a very tumultuous place. And then these artificers and mages showed up and capitalized on it and turned it into this like sport complex zone that people <laughs> go to. So it's actually like this outcome out of an arcane cataclysm where a bunch of planes got mashed together that's created these playing fields that are consistently shifting in space oh, and that. area. And a bunch of enterprising individuals were like, okay, this is a game field now. <laughs> <laughs> they see this incredibly arcane heavily potent disaster and like we can make fun out of this yeah they turn it and profit i love that uh, that's... it is kind of like an adventurer's amusement park it is yeah it is it totally is they go there to die possibly <laughs> i love that it's like the grand challenge everybody on the planet knows about this place yeah. it's historically significant and it's also epic as hell um yeah you 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 challenge yourself to see if you could possibly become some let's say some sort of apex champion or a legend oh no i think that might run into some issues some copyright issues it's the league of champions league League of of legends oh no wait damn it no I don't think damn we can it. lose use legends. Apparently, you'll be the the fort. Uh, damn it! <laughs> <laughs> I also, I also have this like vision of the spectators watch from airships like all around it that are just orbiting, 
which is very apex because they always have the like airships out there with like the banners on it and you could totally have giant arcane banners hanging from the airships with like the death lord's face plastered on it like whoever's the kill leader i love that like a little wanted poster yeah in the lead yeah <laughs> here's something we didn't talk about okay in apex and i'm sure in some of the other games they have this shit uh balloons oh yeah yeah. the fast travel systems do we have any of those this is more for the island version of it because if you're in the linear trail it's easier to just go in a direction and i run the wall i think there are select teleportation circles maybe is what i'm thinking like kind of like you know in apex like they have the the butthole as we call it like (laughs) Like there's like these. I don't know what you're talking about, Josh. You're you talking know about what? the wraith hole in the sky. Yeah, the wraith hole. Uh, <laughs> you, they have the wraith holes, right? Where like yeah. when you hit that, a it's a big ass glowing target in the sky. But also like I'm thinking like if you activate one, it makes a ton of noise when you come out, right? So like there's like there's like a charge up time. Yeah, there's, there's a, a charge up time. It draws attention. Um, I like that. Yeah, like it's you get places faster. But at a cost, it is a gamble. Because every time we use one of those teleporters, there's a party on the other end waiting for us. Yeah, <laughs> fully. So it like it draws NPCs in that direction. Um, yeah. Again, I also love the idea of like using one of these coming out of it, and then seeing like a bunch of people picking up weapons off dead bodies and looking over and going, "Oh shit!" And then this fight. <gasps> and then this fight breaks out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like that's so good. Because that's how that game fucking works. Yeah. You, you turn around a corner and there's three people. It's like, ah, ah fight, And fight then now. you start screaming and shooting. <laughs> yeah. Um, another thing that I was just thinking about, and this goes more like League Dota direction. Mm-hmm. Are there little monster mobs around the map? Y- there have to be. Yeah. Because uh, this is D&D. It's, it's geared towards fighting monsters. Um, I think there, there are definitely more like camps mm, camps yes yeah. some games some mobas would call them uh little little creature camps that could give like actual buffs like they do in those games as well yeah i think like that's... if you take out a f- few creatures they'll even have like a trove of like stuff i like that might... the... they might be able to like give you some sort of actual ethereal buff that you get well, I love, like, you mentioned the, like, Shield of Faith potion. I love mm-hmm. the idea that, like, if you down this mob, you get Shield of Faith for the party, right? Like, yeah. that sort Something of like thing. That. Yeah, like, and there's a little rotating shield over the mob's head, mm-hmm. and it tells you what the buff is. <laughs> yeah, because there, there can be a lot of video game mechanics implemented in, because this is such a ethereal, arcane, invented space. Yeah. That they could be like, we created these creatures to solely buff you and they die every night. So don't feel bad about killing them because we're just going to kill them anyways. Yeah. <laughs> They're created for this purpose. They don't exist. They like, I just, I do love the video game aesthetic of like, you run up to one mob and there's like a floating, rotating red sword and that's, everyone gets a plus one to their weapons. Like, if you yeah. kill the mob, that's so, that's such a freaking league aesthetic. Yeah. <laughs> you apply a burn effect on hit. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Oh, I you love just that. straight steal some of the buffs from other video games too. Oh yeah, for sure. Like there is no, there's no need to worry too much about that. There's a hundred options. Yeah, oh, I think that's, that's cool. very good. Okay, got it. 
we've pretty clearly defined this, I think. I think it's very firmly put in place what this is. Any little sprinklings of anything else you want to throw out there? Um, no, I think I'm all set. Okay, okay. I think everything we've touched upon is most of what I find fun about these games. Yeah, it's, they are like the, I do, I think this is just a neat thing to like, like grand closing statement because we like those. You can not only look at video games for inspiration, like we've said a hundred times, you can also look at them from mechanical inspiration to what you're doing. Like, Dungeon Masters regularly make up mechanics because they don't exist in D&D or the TTRPG they're working at, like literally on the fly sometimes to make things happen. Yeah. You can totally just be like, what are the actual mechanics of this game I'm enjoying? Breath of the Wild. What are the mechanics there? And are those replicable in D&D? And if not, how do I make them so? A lot of the time, it's just like the teleporter example that we just gave. You just alter the way that teleporters work a little bit, and it replicates what the video game mechanic is. And then you've got a whole new way of playing with the game. Yeah. Because something representing, uh, like, getting better armor in Apex is good, but it's not as good as getting like a plus four to your AC in D and D because that's just bananas. Yeah, you won't get hit most of the time if you get a plus four to your AC. So finding out what that means in D and D and scaling it correctly, either up or down to fit the game, like like Josh said, the teleporter, how far, how powerful it is to move that quickly across a D and D map, is drastically different to how it works in Apex because it's way more powerful. So giving yeah. it that negative consequence balances it pretty, pretty, pretty well. Yeah. And that's pretty much what we did this whole time was like, yeah. we do this mechanic and it tweak back. it. Yeah. Which is awesome. You, sometimes you don't have to add more. Sometimes you can add less. You know what? I think it's perfect. Oh my God. We've done it again. Created perfection. Fully perfect. And there's no changes that will ever need to be made to this. That's 39 episodes of perfection. Yeah, and counting. And counting. <laughs> We're so good at this, dude. We are. And guys, if if you ever want to send us questions or ask us things, you can send us uh, emails uh, at loredumpquestions at gmail.com or you can sure? reach out to us. Yeah, it is loredumpquestions. I mean, hold on. What do you think it is? Oh, no. <laughs> uh, uh, lore mail dot uh gov <laughs> at gmail.com <laughs> dot gov address <laughs> <laughs> they fully endorse us the united states government those we actually monsters. work for the feds uh surprise i would never work for those pigs how do we get that duck up never mind i you know what i won't ask uh you could also get us on our <laughs> socials <laughs> Hey, check out our socials. Uh, <laughs> By the merch. Lore Dump, right? The Lore Dump at the Lore the Dump. The Lore Dump on yeah. Instagram and Twitter. Yeah, those are good places to reach out to us and find out when we're posting things, which is weekly, uh, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. engage in this fantastic content. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what I would also call this fantastic <laughs> content. 
We just closed out on you like, fuck this show. (laughs) (laughs) Well, just the way we ended it was very much like a, anyways, sure. Bye. This is good stuff. We're good. We're good here. (laughs) Bye, everybody. We gotta go. (laughs) I'm done. It's like when you like, you you know, the conversations ended and you start to back away and then somebody re-engages you halfway through saying goodbye. No, (laughs) no, I'm gone. You can't see me anymore. Uh, yeah, no, I got, see ya. A little further and you away. walk in the same direction towards your car? Yeah. You're like, fuck, I fucked up so bad today. I just want to go die in a hole. So awkward, so awkward. I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. Why don't they go die in a hole? Hey, die in a hole! Yeah, this is, this is, <laughs> what? <laughs> Nothing! Uh, <laughs> jump in your car. Yeah, you gotta get in your car. You've accidentally re-engaged that skates, conversation. Scrambling through your door. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Okay. Oh, I'm still recording. Me too.